You're listening to the Time Creator Podcast, episode 26. Welcome to the Time Creator Podcast. If you're ready to tame your to-do list, get organized and create a more harmonious life, you're in the right place. Join me, Tash Guthrie, as I share real, tangible tips and strategies for creating more time for the people and things that matter to you the most. From inspiring interviews to solo strategy sessions, girl, I've got you covered. So come on, let's start creating time. This episode of the Time Creator Podcast is proudly brought to you by the Time Creator Planner, your go-to daily planner for recording all things schedule, to-do list, priorities, and life admin so that you have everything in the one place. You can choose from three cover designs this year and you can check them out at tashgathree.com.au. On the podcast today, I'm joined by the very inspirational Kadisur, and this episode is for you if you have got that little flame inside your belly of a big dream that's burning up and you are working towards success or taking the first steps in achieving success on your journey, you will be completely inspired by Kadisur's story of growth and about your dreams being worth the effort. So who is Kata? Kata is a 30-year-old Gen Y Taurus Hungarian and the youngest of two siblings who growing up wanted to be a business psychologist when she grew up or a professional hip-hop dancer. (laughs) Kata entered the business world at the age of 21 after her father was diagnosed with cancer and she joined a network marketing business where she learned the basics of networking, business systems, client care and the importance of branding, authenticity and human connection, which plays a very, very big part in our conversation today. Now, known for preferring bars to boardrooms when conducting business, Kata built a reputation within her industry as a millennial to follow and one who never held back when she had something to say. A self-professed authenticity advocate and anti-bullying ambassador for over eight years, Kata has coached women in human connection, business, communication, finding their thing and learning how to build a second income through online consumable sales. Today, she juggles her role as a top-level leader within her network marketing company, as well as as a startup founder for her wine label, as she continues to share a journey of both openly on social media. Kata believes that when there's a will, there's a way, and seeks to become the proof that you can be successful and kind at the same time. I know that even if you do not have a business or your aspiration is not business related, this episode and what is at the heart and core of this conversation will completely inspire you to chase your dreams because they are worth the effort. Welcome to the podcast, Kata. It is so great to have you here today. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. Excellent. Now, I've done a little bit of an intro on you, but we'd love to hear from you. Who are you? What do you do? Where are you from? Give us the lowdown. Well, as I said before, it's kind of hard to summarize yourself, isn't it? When you're like, who are you? It's very Zoolander looking into that pool on the street. Who am I? (laughs) Um, But I guess the thing that I, I would be best known for is probably my stance in network marketing of being all about ethical, sustainable um, an authentic business. So having been in network marketing for almost nine years now, that's probably my, you know, a game. Um, on top of that, I also have a wine company called Why Not The Brand. 
which has been my startup baby for the last four years that I've been working on. So I do that. And who I am outside of that, I am 30 years old. I live on the Gold Coast. I have a cat called Max, who I know we're going to talk about. I love to samba dance. So Brazilian samba dancing is like my hobby in my downtime. Um, but truly, like my big passion is actually business. So that's basically what I do and who I am. I love it. And I absolutely love seeing Max on your Instagram stories, your cat. <laughs> Let's just talk about him just for a moment because he is a bit of a star. Let's be honest. How did Max come into your life? How's this, how does he fit? Well, funny story, actually. I was living in Bondi at the time um, and I went to an Easter dinner with a friend of mine who I met in Miami and he was in Bondi visiting friends for a wedding. And so he invited me to the dinner, um, went along and I met this young couple who just had a baby. And they were talking to me about the fact that they were trying to find somebody to take care of Max um, and find a cat sitter while they went to, I think it was like Hawaii for a week. So I was saying to them that I had actually been considering getting a cat and they said, well, why don't you just take ours? I was like, what, what the hell do you mean? Who gives away their cat? And they're like, no, no, like, you know, we've got a baby now. It's really difficult and he's adorable. So I saw a picture of Max and that's when I first went, oh, he's a designer cat <laughs> and he's so cute. Yes. So I basically negotiated a deal where I was going to take care of him for like 10 days while they were overseas. And if I liked him, I was going to keep him. And obviously once he entered my life, that was it. I was submitting um, and he's moved with me from Bondi to Canberra to Canberra to Canberra to Gold Coast now and all over the shop. So he is a traveling cat and he just turned five this month. Aww. So he's got quite the life, baby. doesn't he? <laughs> Seriously, he is so spoiled. <laughs> yeah, I love um, when you get your products delivered and the cat toys come with it. That's my favorite thing. <laughs> yes, he will chew every single box every single time, guaranteed. It's sort of like kids, really. You give them a box and they'll play for hours too. It's, um... <laughs> yeah. But then yeah. I buy this awesome cat tree and nothing. Yes. Yeah. So for those of you who do not follow Kata online yet, because you will by the end of this episode, Kata just bought Max this most glorious uh, kingdom of scratching poles. And yeah, he's just not quite sure about that yet. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So ungrateful. <laughs> He'll get there. He'll get there. Now, the whole theme of this episode is your dreams are worth the effort, which you have quoted on your Instagram and you've been on quite the journey. So I want to talk about all things success just for a minute, because I firstly want to congratulate you on your recent promotion to the top of your company, which is epic. Well done. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> you always had these big dreams and aspirations. And when did the vision for the life that you're living now start to develop? a really good question um no in short no i have not always had these massive grand dreams and visions um i was raised uh by a hungarian family and my parents both first came from hungary so i'm first generation here um i think that alone sets a different standard and precedence of appreciation and gratitude for civilization and culture and safety and you know a financial it sets a financial blueprint and financial mindset and that's been something that it's um taken me a lot of work to actually work through and break especially that worthiness um yeah I had a lot of feelings of unworthiness growing up so 
my big dreams and goals when I was young, I honestly, I just wanted to be a mum. I wanted to have a house. I wanted to have kids. And that was it. I wanted to be happy, healthy, and safe. That was the pinnacle of my lifelong goals. Um, what happened though is as I, you know, sort of worked through school, I had three jobs at any one time. I, anything that I could do to increase my standard of living, I did, um, even as, you know, a young adult. And once I graduated school, I didn't want to go to university, even though I sort of got in because I didn't see the point in throwing money at learning a skill that I couldn't see guaranteed outcome. So my personality, it's, it's what's known as a triangle personality, <laughs> very, very results driven. Always, I want the shortest, most direct, most effective and efficient way to achieve anything. So I leaned into my dance career and I became a, uh, you know, a full-time dance teacher and worked at the dance business, which was my first exposure to business. From there, I ended up joining the public service, which although it gave me that stability and security, I was in a relationship, I was in the public service for you know, all intensive purposes, I was achieving my dreams and goals. Um, but I'm a big believer that life kind of smacks you in the face when you're going in the wrong direction. And that's mm. basically what happened to me, which is where network marketing came into it. And that's where my goals really started to expand. So when I was 21, my dad was diagnosed with cancer and I became his primary carer. And that's where I really started to realize that the safe lifestyle, like the public service job, the house, the things that I thought that I wanted um, actually seemed quite insignificant compared to what I now needed, which was time freedom and financial freedom. Mm -hmm. And it was not something that I had considered before. So when I decided to join Arbon, it purely was for the fact that you were rewarded based on effort. Mm -hmm. So nobody else got to tell you how much you were worth. No one got to tell you, when to work, how to work, who to work with. There was so much freedom, which being quite stubborn in my personality, I'm you know, fiery Hungarian Taurus, <laughs> um, that worked for me because I am very self-motivated. So I kind of leveraged the systems that I was given in network marketing. And it was through those trainings where, you know, if you've been involved in network marketing, you'll sort of understand this. And for those listening that haven't been, there's a huge emphasis in personal growth and development which again, I had never really been involved in before and nobody had ever given me the permission to dream, which sounds crazy because when we're children, everyone says, what do you want to be when you grow up? You can be anything. And somewhere along the line, that stops, that conversation stops and people stop asking about what you're building, what you're growing, what you want. And they start asking about just mundane shit, like how was your day? And how was work? And that's, that's talking present tense, but it doesn't forecast a future. So it was through network marketing that I guess I really caught my vision being around people who were more successful than me and willing to help me. So that's where that entire shift started to happen. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to go back to where you said, you know, when you're little and people ask you, what do you want to be? They never ask you, uh, who do you want to help? What impact mm. do you want to make? They don't ask you those questions. So I think when we're asked that as little people and especially young women, uh, we're boxed into thinking that our future is a specific career choice or a specific role or a specific job, yeah. not something that comes from within. So, um, you know, having been part of network marketing myself, I totally agree. It's the personal growth and the personal development that really sets you on fire. And it, I think it makes you question everything about who you are and what you want to do. Mm. 
Mm. It definitely makes you live consciously for sure. Yeah. And that's the whole other side of business because, you know, you've got your product and your sales and all of those things, but it is that personal development stuff that's going on that you may not have tapped into had it not been for that opportunity. So So why Arbonne? So you were looking for this vehicle, you were looking for this time freedom. What was it about Arbonne that you went for as opposed to perhaps another company? Because there, there are quite a few out there. Mm. Well, um, Arbonne was the first one that I'd ever actually heard about. I did not know anything about network marketing previous to this. And even when my sponsor, the girl who signed me up, was telling me about it, I actually had to go to Google. I did not know what she was talking about. I really didn't understand. The only thing I could compare it to at the time was Avon. That's the only thing I knew. And the only thing I knew about Avon is that I would get pamphlets at my door each week by somebody that I didn't know. And I was too scared to open the door if somebody knocked. So that was my only exposure. And that was something that I just simply was not interested in being a part of. Um, But when I started to do the research, and this is why people always say, I don't want people to Google Arbonne because there's all this negative stuff about cults and pyramids. That's okay. That was always there. The right people will see through that and do what I did. And I actually dissected it. I dissected the products. I dissected it from a business perspective because I've always been fascinated with business, just never knew how to get myself in one. Um, And I chose Arbonne because all the reviews about the product were positive. There were negative reviews about consultants, but that doesn't impact me at all. I was not them. They were not me. I was going to do it different. Um, But the products were fantastic. And I actually took it to my dad. And I think that's what sealed the deal with Arbonne in particular is the ingredient policy. So because my dad was both a chemical scientist in his career and was then diagnosed with cancer, um, I could not see myself supporting a business that did not take care of people. And I could not see myself supporting a product that was not safe. And it's something I'd never considered before. So I bought all the books on ingredients. I did my research. I didn't just use their corporate tools. Like I genuinely dug in and um, educated myself about safe ingredients and chemicals and how that sort of impacts your body. And honestly, it, it probably could have been any other company if they had the same product on for it at that stage. No, different but it was a product policy that sealed the deal for me. That's great. And so good that your dad could help you with that because that's, it's such a, um, mm. he's been such a big part of your journey as well. So that's so beautiful. And yeah. you've gone on to have incredible success through your Arbon business and also starting your own business as an entrepreneur as well, which I want to pick apart as well, because that's part of (laughs) all these big dreams. So I just wonder when you're starting off and you're going through Arbonne, you're promoting through the levels, you're starting your own wine label, um, which I do want to have a chat about. How are some of the ways over the years that you have stayed focused by visualising your dreams? What have you actually created that's tangible to help keep you focused on on track? Um, it always changes. And people ask me this question a lot. A lot of people are fascinated about my routine and my schedule because I'm very, very big on routine and schedule for a reason, but it always changes. So back when I was brand new, um, my strategy was find pieces of time that I can stay focused because I, I was super distractible. So unless I put like Tuesdays and Wednesdays, 4.30 to 6.30, I work my business. It was simply not going to happen. Yeah. 
So I really, really, really had to learn how to schedule and how to use a planner and a diary, um, which I did in my job because I was actually an executive assistant in the public service, but I never did for myself. So that was the first sort of tool and resource that I put into place to help me transition into the business world. From there, though, I found I got stuck uh, at that, I guess, sort of the emotional and that soul level. So there came a point in time where I was, and this is difficult to say because in my network marketing business, there are all these disclaimers that I have to put so people don't take it wrong. So I think here I can say where I out-earned myself um, with my business as opposed to my job. So I was now earning that double money and that actually challenged me on a deep level because I had all of these deep-seated financial restrictions, uh, uh, limitations. I did not feel worthy and I started to self-sabotage very, very quickly. So I actually hired a full-on business coach um, to help me through the mindset and transitional challenges. So on top of all the Arbonne training, I then hired somebody to help me through that. Then when I opened my first business, which was a consulting company about ethical network marketing, I hired an actual coach coach again. So she helped me put in the structures. She helped me hold me accountable. She pointed out my mindset challenges. So it's not something that I've done by myself um, in any means. I read, I don't know how many books I read a month, but I whiz through books. I am listening to YouTubes every day. I am absorbing everything I possibly can. I'm trying to get around people who have more than I do. So I guess my structures are fluid, but there's a whole range of things that I tap in and out of depending on what I need. Yeah, that's great. I love that it is um, a team thing. When you have other people, mm. I, think, I think when you're in, on your journey, there's always someone that's just a little bit ahead of you and someone that's just a little bit behind you and you can just move in your place in that line constantly. And I've always been a huge fan of having a coach or a business coach, mm. or a mindset coach or a personal coach or somebody that's there to help keep you accountable and also to help push you a little bit sometimes as well, because sometimes we do, let's be honest, need a little push as well. <laughs> I know I do. Well, you need someone to point out what you can't see. Absolutely. So when you're too close to things, unless you're very, very, very good at becoming incredibly conscious and aware and then zooming out mm -hmm. to look at yourself objectively, which is a skill that you need to build you really do need somebody to point things out because you, you can't see it. Otherwise you would know better already. Yeah. I call that the dead dog syndrome. You know, when you walk in every day and you step over the dead dog in the hallway <laughs> and you just don't see it anymore until someone goes, Hey, what's that dog yeah. doing there? Yeah. And you go, Oh yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. what I call dead dog syndrome. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so self-developments, I'm, I was going to ask you about that, but I think we've talked a fair bit about how that is really embedded into who you are and what you do. And that's been a massive player in your success to date. But can we have a chat about maybe some setbacks that you've had? Is there a time that you've experienced a setback and how did you bounce back from that? <laughs> Just one example. <laughs> I know. Uh, no, never. It's been a perf perfect, it's, it's been, been a perfect, perfect journey. I've never had any challenge at all. <laughs> well, why don't I tell you about my, my first challenge in business and my most recent challenge in business. Sounds right. great. Bookends. So my very first challenge when I decided to do network marketing was the fact that I had an incredibly shallow and unsupportive group of girlfriends, which I did not know until this point. And it, as I was trying to, what I felt saved my dad's life. I was like, I need to do this for my dad. Yeah. And my girlfriends were bitching about me going to breakfast together without me to talk about me. 
um, turning away when I saw them in the shopping center, just being incredibly nasty. Um, that was my very first challenge. And uh, to be honest, I actually understand why a lot of people bail out of network marketing businesses when these things happen because it was unexpected. It was hard. It was very, very painful. My lucky card in that happens to be the fact that my dad had cancer and it just meant that nothing else mattered. Mm. So the only way that I actually overcame that challenge was the fact that I had no choice. I was not about to quit what I thought was saving my dad's life for somebody's opinion. So that was definitely a big lesson though. I always thought up until that point, I guess I was quite naive and I thought everybody supports everybody. Um, you know, they were my friends, they knew about my life and I just couldn't, I couldn't comprehend. And I still really don't understand when friends don't support friends. Mm. Um, so that was my very first challenge. My latest challenge, uh, was a hard one because it's another one that I couldn't comprehend. I did not see it coming. I do. I don't understand. I mean, logically I can understand why it happened, but emotionally, like to my soul, I still just don't understand. So the latest challenge was actually on social media, um, where I had a negative comment on one of my social media posts. Um, I responded in what I thought was an appropriate way. And I, guess I wasn't careful enough about the words that I used and that just got absolutely ripped apart, um, posted, shared, reshared, taken through anti-network marketing websites and Facebook pages and Instagram groups. And my profiles were all being absolutely attacked. And, um, I was being sent abusive messages on a daily basis. Every single hour, there were just tens and tens and tens of messages coming through, just telling me to go die and what an awful human I am. And from people that I'd never, ever met. Mm. And, in all honesty, I was not okay because I am not used to receiving that kind of hate and I would never, ever, ever do that to somebody else. So the fact that my intentions had been completely misunderstood, misconstrued, um, and people didn't even care about what I said anymore. It was just the fact that it was a let's all hate this person um, sort of uh, mission. And hate is actually, so mutual hatred towards a common topic or person is actually a much stronger bond than mutual love. So breaking that, there was absolutely nothing I could do but lay low and let it all pan out. Yeah. And that was my most recent challenge, which took me a little while to stand back up from. But um, the lesson is never, ever, ever engage in anything negative on social media. Never, never, ever, Mm. ever. I can't even imagine. And I actually remember when that happened because I wanted to reply to one of your stories and couldn't. And I went, oh, something's wrong. And because you turned that Mm -hmm. off and I thought something's not right. And I'm so saddened that, um, and I get very emotional very easily, just so you know, that's why I'm looking a bit sad. Um, (laughs) I just, I'm really affected by the way in which humans treat each other. And I just, um, I can't comprehend either. It's uh, just a terrible thing. And I think it's also a lesson to people that mindlessly participate in this uh, group hatred that sometimes even just liking someone else's comment when they may have even though you didn't write it, liking it is participating in it. So it is really uh-huh. important when you're on social media to remember, would you say this to this person's face? Would you yeah. go and stand next to that person if they were doing this to somebody else? And if the answer is no, you need to disengage because, um, yeah, it's just a really horrible situation. I'm so sorry that you went through that. Well, the other thing is, so you don't know the truth. That's the thing about social media. Like, and that's the thing about media in general. 
the thing that upset me the most is that no one, like I did not have a voice in the situation. I couldn't explain myself. I couldn't defend myself. I couldn't go, Oh no, no, that's not how it happened. Like social media is such a dangerous place because you think what you see is what you get, but it's absolutely not. So I really, I encourage people firstly, don't engage. Mm. Secondly, if someone's being cruel to somebody on social media, you shouldn't be following them. And thirdly, don't believe what people say. Mm. Truly, like unless you've watched someone, you know, somebody personally, you can attest to their character, their behaviors, you understand who this person is. And it, in all intents and purposes, it seems this actually happened. I was there. I saw it. It's not your place. It's Mm. really not your place. And, you know, one thing that I learned through this, because I did some research after I went through this, because I like to understand, um, was cancel culture. I learned a lot about cancel culture and about how, like you said, a mindless comment or like a really affects an actual human being on yes. the other side of that screen. Yeah. So it was amazing that all these people who were saying all these awful things did not know that I was on the floor in my apartment, unable to eat, sleep, move, like it, how their words, it's energy, you know, actually affects you. And that's a really dangerous game to play. Mm. Absolutely. And it, I, I could imagine it would have been very hard to pick yourself up and keep going. What did inspire you to keep going and come out? Um, honestly, my partner, Nick, um, is the most incredible human on the planet. The way that he puts things in perspective for me, the way that he protects me, the way that he is able to communicate to me in a way that I understand. Yes. Um, it was him that that protected me through that scooped me off the floor that got me back um understanding that it doesn't matter what anybody says our home stays the same our pets stay the same our relationship stays the same my family loves me my friends love me i'm okay my bank account stays the same like yeah that sort of that constant talk in my ear in my ear in my ear that and the fact that bizarrely enough that was the month that our team stepped into qualification for the top level of our company and I had nothing to do with it. So I had an option. Do I quit like I was thinking about and just let it all go? Or do I step in, step up, you know, be honest with my team was where I was at, but give it my best. And and that's what we did. And you got there. (laughs) And we got there. And you did it. Yeah. We got (laughs) through all that. Amazingly. You're very, very fortunate to have such an incredible partner in Nick And I think when you understand your partner, I've done a podcast um, before on this topic about the love languages and how we speak to our our partners. And um, I think that, you know, when you can truly understand how how to best love who you love, it it is amazing. And you're very fortunate. So yay to Nick. Yay to Nick. Because it would have been easy to quit and walk away. And all of this would have been, you know, gone. So, yeah. yeah. Yep. But you know what's sad is, you know, looking back, it makes sense that, you know, they all, you know, those quotes on Google, which is like, oh, the most beautiful view comes after the hardest climb and it's always yeah. darkest before the light, like all of those quotes. And you're like, yeah, yeah. And cliche, but, cliche. Yeah. <laughs> cliche, yeah. cliche. They're cliches for a reason. It's, and the irony is when I look back at it, I remember telling my team how I got to the level just below where I was at. Yes. And that was exactly the same. I had built my business, I built my business and then my entire life, you know, turned to shit. I went through a breakup, I was going through a miscarriage, like my life was just an absolute mess. 
and I actually had picked up and sold all of my things and moved my life to New York city. And I, I had quit. Like I was out, I was not doing anything with my business. And again, it was my team who stepped up. They rallied. My sponsor reached down to my team. She kept working my business. The girls all stepped up even while I wasn't there, even when I couldn't possibly give them anything. And again, same thing. I went into qualification for that next level and I had to make that choice. Do I quit or do I step up? So, and I remember telling my team, like, I don't know how we're going to get to the top level when that's how I got to this level and how could I possibly duplicate that? And I don't want to, the exact same thing happened. So it's funny that the reward really is equivalent to the challenge. Absolutely. Wow. That's incredible. I'm, I'm thinking about the ladies who are listening, who might have that big dream, you know, it's just ignited. It's there in the pit of their mm. tummy. And I would be really curious to get your advice for them on what can they do if they have a big dream burning, but it feels like it's not getting started or it's not happening fast enough. What would be your advice to them? Number one tip that you can do with anything like this is find someone who's done it before. Find someone who's done it before, take them to lunch or take them to coffee, just get in front of them and get their time whether it's a Zoom call or whatever it is, like I find talking to a real human being who's done what you want to do, even if it's in a similar field, not exactly the same, but similar, ask them questions. They will share their stories. Like when you've been through challenges, it's actually an honor to tell people about it because you feel like you get to sort of give back. Um, so reach out to someone who's done it before. And then the second thing is give yourself the tools and resources that you need so whether that's removing distractions, whether that's hiring a coach, whether it's hiring a cleaner, because that's the thing that you do to procrastinate when you're afraid, like figure out what's in front of you that's stopping you, remove those obstacles and give yourself the best chance of success. So I find putting money down helps when you haven't invested anything into a dream. It's, it's very, very easy not to do it. This is something my business coach taught me. She goes, you're not, you, if your skin is not in the game, you're not going to do it. She goes, we need to create financial pressure for you. So you need to make more money instead of sitting comfortably being like, oh, more money would be nice. So find ways to invest into yourself that work with your, like how you operate as a human um, and basically manipulate yourself, but in a positive way to get what you need. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> that. That talks exactly to me. And, you know, back when I first started this particular business journey, because as I said earlier, when we were chatting, there's been a few it's easy just to keep in inspire mode. You know, when you, you follow people on social media, it's not mm -hmm. the same as having a conversation with them nah. or, you know, you watch so-and-so in the shop down the street, but you've never walked in and had a conversation and then you don't mm -hmm. invest any money in anything because, you know, oh, but you know, I'm not, I'm still just trying to work out if this is what I want. And sometimes you do get stuck in that, oh, but I can't afford that $50 or I can't afford that $100. We'll start with $20, do something for you that is going to, it might be an online course or something like that where you're actually investing. So I love that advice and totally, totally agree to get in front of the people that, that you need to. It's great advice. Mm -hmm. So considering that success is an infinite journey, because you know, we're not anywhere near where we're going to be. And that's an exciting thing to say. What is next for you? What's coming up and what are you working towards at the moment? Well, I am all steam ahead. Yes. <laughs> I'm exhausted. Yes. But when you're in momentum, you've got to just run with it. Like there is no such thing as balance. So 
at the moment, my big dream and goal is working towards um, my why not the brand goals. So we've got a new product launch coming. We've started offering a new service. Obviously, I've relocated to Queensland, so I need to get all my licensing requirements here. But I have some pretty big dreams and some product development stuff that I'm working on with that, um, which I am finding challenging at the moment, but I need Mm -hmm. to switch my mindset around it and just say it's exciting because I find myself talking about the challenges a lot with why not because freaking wall after wall but it's good it means it hasn't been done before so one thing that I've learned along the journey is that if it's challenging it's because it hasn't been done before which means that you're actually breaking new ground which means you're actually blazing a trail which is exactly where you want to be in business especially if you want to be successful at business you can't just follow what everyone else has done when you the the trail is blazing it is super exciting it's an adrenaline of its own I think yeah 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 so for me the rest of the year really is working on that um, new product development. And it's Mm -hmm. also taking care of my network marketing team because of everything that's happening in the world, because of all the online stuff. I know we were talking about it before I just announced it on my Instagram. I'm taking my entire network marketing business offline um, to be present in the real world just for one month, maybe two months. We'll see how we go. So really nurturing my team's mental health and well-being. Um, which comes with challenges of its own. People like to kick and scream with any sort of change and that's okay. Absolutely. Um, So taking care of them, taking care of myself. Yeah. And just continue on continuing on. I'm looking, I'm looking up here because I have my vision boards up in my bedroom. So I'm looking at what I can, what I've ticked off and what I'm still working towards. Um, But the next step, yeah, is that next product development with why not the brand. That is very exciting. And is it a delicious product or a non-edible product? <laughs> Are you allowed to disclose? It is, it's a bit of both. It's Ooh. a bit of both. It is, it is delicious. Obviously, it's still in the wine world. Yep. Um, but it's something that when I go, so I love doing my little product development and research, as my accountant will tell you. I'm forever looking for new wines and new packaging and new ideas and I look at what sells in liquor stores and I go and talk to the people at liquor stores. I'm like, okay, what sells? Why? What do you think? Like I'm constantly asking questions and this product idea that I have, um, it really plays to, so I did a lot of research maybe six months ago about why people buy wine, how they buy wine and what they, what they consider priorities when buying. So this next range really plays on the top three priorities Mm. of people when they buy wine. Um, and combining that with a bit of a service, combining that with a bit of a fun spin, my, I just need to get it out quickly. So yeah. every time that you have an idea, my dad talks about this as well in collective consciousness, it means somebody else has had the same idea. Oh. So then it comes down to strategy and speed. So my last range, by the time I'd actually brought out my first varietals of wine, the pastels, the millennial, the cute labels, it had been done. So I was basically outnumbered by companies that had already done it before so this time i need to work on the speed but um yeah i'm excited i'm hoping 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 to get it out before christmas because it will be the best gift idea ever um so yeah working on the logistics of that is is fun that is exciting i cannot wait to see and i would be really interested Mm. to know if my top three 
reasons for buying wine and how I buy wine is the same. I'm now thinking about mm. that. You know, I do mm-hmm. like where I'm sitting, I've got my wine rack behind me. <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> appreciate looking bit, It's looking a bit sparse. Um, we might have to get onto that. Um, so yeah, I'm really interested. So I will be sharing that with our audience here as well, because now that they've listened to this, they will also be leaning in a little bit <laughs> to, to see what this is. So there you go. So now we've talked a lot about why not? We've talked about Arbon. We've talked about Max. Holy Max, yes. And he's <laughs> the king. And now everyone's going to want to know where they can go and watch your Instagram story. So can you give us a bit of an overview of where we can find you online and connect with you? Absolutely. So I've had to separate all of my Instagrams due to compliance reasons. So if you're interested in following me in the network marketing stuff, um, follow me at Catacer, K-A-T-A-C-S-E-R. That's where I do everything network marketing. I, you know, share my stories. I'm on there a lot. It's probably my main profile. Um, if you're interested in my why not the brand stuff, the Instagram is why not the brand. And I have a social media manager for that. So I'm not like, I won't be talking to you on that, but that's where you can see all the product development all the behind the scenes stuff and you know, what we do. Then my other Instagram is more my personal, um, but so I can share about my why not the brand stuff without that cross promotion through to Arbon. So that one is Sir Life, C-S-E-R-L-I-F-E. Um, that's where I share a lot of the, like a, the main behind the scenes stuff of building why not the brand. So that's where I'm sharing. This is the email I'm sending. This is a conversation I just had. Here's mm. the challenge I just had trying to donate to charity. So all of that stuff um, I'm putting on there, but I'm actually working on, cause I've had some feedback and people want more, more cutter. Yes. So I've actually started sending emails. Um, so you can subscribe at why not the brand, uh, dot com to our email list. And that will be, I, I think maybe monthly, a monthly email. This is where I'm at, whatever. And I've also been asked to join you in the world of podcast. So I'm looking at setting up my own podcast and just because yeah, the amount of things, I feel like I live one week inside one day. So yeah. a lot happens in my world. And I have a lot to talk about. Yeah. A podcast would be so great. I love that everyone can take it on the go with them. That's the feedback that I get a lot of about this podcast is that they love, they can just, you know, they don't have to sit and watch a video and they can just listen. And yeah, I can't wait. I will be watching. <laughs> well, if you have any idea names, anybody watching, if you have any ideas for what I should name the thing, ah, let me know. Okay. Stuck. You need to drop into Kata's DM and tell her. Absolutely. So now yes. you know all about her, we'll be able to give you some great names. So that's very easy. Yes. Excellent. <laughs> thank you, Pam. Oh, well, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. I know that so many women are going to be inspired by your story of dreams and success. And we are looking forward to your new product release. So that's very exciting. And I can't wait to just catch up with you online and see how your next few months go. Yes. Thank you so much for having me on. I love, love, love sharing my story. So hopefully this, you know, somebody has heard something that's inspired them or a little gem or a takeaway. Um, but thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. And yeah, I can't wait to connect with you online and stay tuned for what's coming. Da, da, da. Thanks, Kata. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed this week's episode, I'd love you to leave me a review or share it with a friend and be sure to subscribe wherever you prefer to get your podcasts.